1 Corinthians chapter 17. Oh, it's going to be a miracle if we get out of here before 5 o'clock. I'm telling you, I have so much to do and not a lot of time to get there. So if I don't get finished today, we'll pick it up next week. I started this Wednesday night, but this thing has gotten so down deep down in my spirit. I believe it's for this body where we are right now. How many believe that God is unlocking things in our generation that have never been released, never been poured out? How many believe that God is doing something in the earth that is fresh that is powerful, that glorifies Jesus, and is sweeping in a generation. Say amen, somebody. So for a few moments this afternoon, I want you, this afternoon, I'm already prophesying. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. There. Okay. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. When you got it, say amen. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. We talked about being a prophetic house before. How many remember that? Okay. But today we're going to go and we're going to talk about not just the kind of house we are, but the kind of prayer life individually we have. And I want you to look at verse 2. For he who speaks in a tongue. Now, how many have a King James Bible? Lift your hand. King James Bible. Your version says, he or she who speaks in an unknown tongue, and I'll explain why in just a few moments. I want you to understand this today. He who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks, he releases, he declares mysteries. And I want, to un, I want to talk today about unlocking the mysteries and the secrets of the kingdom of God. How many know that God wants his children to walk in revelation and understanding? And I really believe that God is trying to take us to a level and to a depth of intimacy with him where the confusion that blankets so many in our generation and in our day, I believe God wants to put a revelation in this house that brings people out of darkness and confusion into a place of understanding and revelation. How many know God is a secret keeper? But he will reveal his secrets to his children who make time for him. Say amen if you believe it. Father, help me today to teach with clarity, with accuracy, with unction and authority. And I give you thanks for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. I uh, often talk about my children in my sermons. It's impossible to have four kids and to uh, be involved in their life and the happenings and the daily uh, vicissitudes of childhood and raising children not impact and influence your teaching and preaching in some way. Amen? And I often find myself talking about Isaiah because Isaiah gave me so much to work with as a child growing up. But when Isaiah was just a little squirt, and I mean little, two or three years old, I will never forget the day that he came up to me and he said to me, bend down. I have to tell you a squeaking. And I said to Devin, who is always a better parent than I am, what is a squeaking? And she said, I really don't know what he's talking about, but you should bend over and see what he has to say. And so I bent over and I got close and he began to tell me this squeaking. And it was really uh, a bunch of nothing, just a bunch of garble uh, that really had no 
uh, point or subject or predicate or it was just this babble of a two-year-old child. But what he had seen is someone tell someone a secret. And he wanted to tell me a squeaking. And so he said to me, Dad, I want you to bend down and get close. I have a squeaking to tell you. And as I thought about this message this morning, I thought about how many times we miss out on God's secrets because we're not willing to bend down. We're not willing to lean in. And we're not willing to get close enough to hear what God is trying to tell somebody in our generation. God has a secret. God is a God of secrets. In fact, the Bible calls them in the King James and the New King James mysteries. I want you to know today that the word mystery, whenever you see the word mystery in the New Testament, it is the Greek word mysterion. And it literally means, listen to me carefully, a mystery, a secret, it doesn't mean it's mysterious. We hear the word mystery and immediately we think of the guy with the big voice and the old show in the 80s called Unsolved Mysteries. And nobody could sleep in my house after we got through watching Unsolved Mysteries because we thought those things were going to happen to us and no one had any peace after they got through watching that show, right? It was mysterious. It was almost weird. But that is not what the word mystery means when it is used in the Word of God. When it is used in the Word of God, the word mystery simply means this. It means something kept by God outside the range of understanding unless assisted by supernatural intervention. In other words, there are things that God has reserved to show people and the people to whom he will show those secrets to are people who have learned how to tap into the Holy Spirit and depend wholly on the Holy Spirit of God so that they can receive by the Spirit information that from heaven that their flesh never could have understood. Today I want to talk to you about the mysteries of God. The kingdom of God, listen to me carefully, is available for everyone. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believed in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Romans says he or she who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How many are glad today that the good news of the gospel is that Jesus will save anyone who calls on his name? But salvation into the kingdom is no guarantee that you and I are enjoying or experiencing the depths and the fullness of the kingdom of God. And I believe that the word of God teaches that there are secrets of the kingdom. Revelation that isn't accessible by the preoccupied. These things are only reserved for those who are in holy pursuit of the person of Jesus. God is no respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of pursuit. Rewind, Wallace. God is no respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of pursuit. There are people who get bent out of shape 
When some folk in the kingdom walk in a level of favor and blessing and revelation and we often are jealous of those people without first considering the pursuit that they invested in chasing after God until he rewarded them and gave them the desire of their heart. The word of God is not nebulous about the hidden secrets of the Lord. In fact, you may be surprised that both the Old and the New Testament speak frequently about the secrets and the mysteries of the kingdom of God. Proverbs 3.32, if you're taking notes, write some notes down with me. The secret of the Lord is with the righteous. Deuteronomy 27 verse 15 says, the secret things belong to the Lord. Amos 3.7 says that God reveals his secrets to his servants. And when you turn the page from Malachi to Matthew and you see that God is still revealing his most intimate revelation not to the masses or the multitude but to the few who will follow Jesus closely. I want to tell you today there is something to be said about following Jesus closely. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be part of the crowd. I want to be part of those who are enabled and empowered and accessible, given access to the very heart of God. You understand that Jesus came for the world. He fed the 5,000. He sent the 70. He called the 12. He brought the three with him up on the mountain. But at the end of the day, there was only one who got close enough to him to lay his head on his chest. And I have made up my mind. I'm thankful I'm part of the world. I'm grateful to be part of the multitude that he fed. I'm even thankful to be part of the 70 that he sent. But at the end of the day, there is only one thing that keeps me going when all hell breaks loose and and life feels like it's falling apart. It is that I can run into the secret place of the Most High and I can find him to be closer than a brother. Can you say amen? In fact, when you flip over from Matthew to, from Malachi to Matthew, you see that God is still revealing his most intimate revelations to those who seek him closest. If you want to see this truth played out in scripture, you can go over to Matthew 13. We are told in Matthew 13 that Jesus left the house and went to the seaside. He walked down the hill, crawled in a boat, pushed out from land, turned the boat around while he's floating on the lake, and he begins to teach the multitude from the boat. The Bible said that when he opened his mouth, he spoke in a parable to the multitude. After he gave them the parable of the soil, the sower, and the seed, he jumps back off the boat into land, walks off with his disciples. And Matthew chapter 13, verse number 10, the disciples look at Jesus and they say to Jesus, Why do you teach the multitudes in parables? And here's his response in the 11th verse of the 13th chapter of Matthew's gospel. He said, for you, I have given you to be able to know the secrets of the kingdom. This is something that we find in three of the four gospels. Jesus looks at his disciples, those who followed him closest, and he says to them, I have given you the ability to know my secrets. But to the masses and the multitudes, I can't tell them that way. Why? Because having eyes and looking, they still cannot see. Having ears and trying to hear, they're not willing to listen. Jesus. There are a lot of people who want to get close enough to God to hear him talk, but they don't want to get close enough to Jesus to have a spirit of revelation come into their spirit and allow them to walk in a newness of life. 
I wrote this down because I believe it is true. There are people in the kingdom who love Jesus, but they are too busy to hear his heart. Very rarely does God interrupt our busyness to give us revelation. Most of the time, revelation comes from those who have pushed the world out and dedicated and focused their time to sit with the master and to hear what he would say. And if I don't say anything else you remember today, I pray you will hear me tell you that the, that the God we serve does not just accept our excuses of busy living and social media interaction and then slide a revelation in on the side. If we want him, we must want him more than we want anything else in this life. And so today, God is no respecter of persons. He is respecter of pursuit. He looks at his disciples and he says to them, to you it has been given. Say that. Lay hands on your heart and say, to me it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom. Now the Bible is very clear with us about this issue of knowing the, see, and here's the thing, when I say secrets, there are people who will challenge this and they say, oh, you're, you're promoting or advocating some sort of Gnosticism as if there is some private revelation no one else is privy to. This isn't private, it's just reserved. Amen. You and your little clergy shirt and bottle of oil and your little ministerial file, num file number do not give you access to the secrets of the heart of God. If you want to have access to the heart of God, you've got to love him and you've got to spend time with him and you've got to pursue him and you've got to operate in this thing of relationship. You don't go tell your secrets to people you don't trust. If you do, that's foolish. Don't cast your pearl before swine. Don't throw out the most reserved thing to people who you don't know how will respond and honor and handle it. You've got to share the innermost parts of, of the intimate place of your heart with only those you trust greatly. Amen. And when the Bible talks about secrets and the mysteries of God, we know that God speaks to his people. He goes, watch, he goes beyond just what's happening on the surface with some people. Some people are content with what they see on the surface. It's exactly what the Bible was talking about in the book of Psalms, the 103rd chapter, the 7th verse. If you're taking notes, don't miss this. The Bible says in Psalm 103 verse 7, listen to this. The children of Israel knew God's acts, but Moses knew God's ways. I feel like preaching right there. There are a lot of people who see God doing something on the surface and they are content with seeing a healing. They are content with seeing a salvation. They are just content with going to a good worship service. But there are a group of people who are far more passionate than just being satisfied by the witnessing of a miracle. They actually want to know the heart of the man that did the miracle. God, give us a heart to want to know Jesus more. To know the secrets of God, we must also be reminded that we must be. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1, listen to this. Paul reminds us that we are stewards of the secrets of God. It's not only our inheritance to know what God has. And I, maybe I didn't drive that point home enough. Just let me do it one more time. You actually have an inheritance, family. Your inheritance is to know the very heart and the secret of God. 
It's not just something you earn. It's something that you want because the more he shows and reveals, the more, the more unsatisfied and hungry for him you become. Amen. It's like a chase that never ends. Amen. Except we apprehend it and he apprehends us and then we keep chasing because we find out there's more. And yet when we find out what God is saying, and we find out what God is speaking and we hear the heart of God and we see and perceive and understand the secrets of God. Listen to this. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 that we are to be good stewards of the secret. Whenever God shows and reveals something, you and I do not simply flaunt it. We don't use the secrets of God, the revelation of God for our own gain. We understand that God only reveals it because someone in our day needs this. Have you ever had a question you didn't have an answer to? Have you ever seen a nation, and I feel like we're in a season like this right now, a nation that is vexed and perplexed with division and strife and hate, and there's just this boiling level of vitriol and, and malice coming out of so many people, some people in the church. What's the answer? The answer lies in knowing the heart of God. And most people haven't spent enough time with him to know what he would say. So they come, okay, just hang on, I'm coming. They come out saying dumb things that the Father didn't endorse and it makes the kingdom look bad because we're talking without having talked to the one who knows what to say in the first place. I didn't get enough help on that right there. Well, I'm anointed. If you're anointed, sometimes you're anointed to... Come on, look at your neighbor right now. Say, neighbor, God just gave you a gift. It's called the gift of hush. And sometimes the greatest thing we can do as a child of God is let the, the Bible said the foolish man has no guard over his or her tongue. We have to exercise self-control and recognize that sometimes the best thing we can do is submit ourselves to God and then quietly waiting before him, he will give a word that when we speak, will bring men and women into a place of understanding that previously they could not have known. We must be stewards of the secrets of God. When God speaks a word to your heart, he will also give you the situation and the timing of when to be able to share it. Now let me keep going with this. So how do we tap into? Pastor, why, where in the world are you at? You're not even talking about what you read. Yes, I am. Don't tell me what I'm doing. Hallelujah. I'm just kidding. Y'all don't know how to take me. Okay. How do we tap into the hidden thing? The secret of the Lord. The intimate place with God. How do we tap into that? How do we get beyond just knowing the acts of God? How do we really become a people who can discern and understand the ways of God? 1 Corinthians chapter 14 gives us a very, very strong clue. Paul says, watch this. Now, I want to teach just very basically because I recognize that, that our congregation is full of Pentecostal people and non-Pentecostal people. And there, are, there is sometimes a great amount of what in the world is going on here. And I sort of like that. I, don't, I, I really do enjoy the fact that there are many persons in this place today, precious people of God that are part of this family, who still do not understand what speaking in tongues is and, and why we do it and how they should be doing it. Okay, so I want to I I take two minutes right here, maybe six minutes, who knows, and I just want to teach about what speaking in tongues is. And listen to me, it's not so much, I, I hate even really talking about it 
because sometimes it makes it sound like the doctrine is tongues, the doctrine is Jesus, the doctrine is the Holy Spirit. We just have to understand how this manifests in our church and in our lives. I, I would be the worst shepherd that could ever be assigned to watch over you if I didn't tell you the secret to the power of God flowing in my life. If I knew something but didn't tell you because I was scared that if I told you it would freak you out and you would leave, what kind of preacher am I? And yet there are many people, there are many pastors, they will confess in private settings, I pray in tongues every day, and their congregation has no clue what that means. And the reason their congregation doesn't know what it means is because they're afraid to teach what they practice in their congregation because they're afraid people will leave. And I just want to tell you, I love you too much to hold a secret that that's, that's that good. If praying in tongues helps me every day, I ought to tell you what helps me every day. Come on, somebody. If praying in tongues helped me walk through the most difficult valleys of my life, I ought to be courageous enough to tell you that I couldn't have made it had it not been for the Holy Ghost who was on my side. Say amen, somebody. So I want to just briefly touch this real quick. Two things. So there are people who get freaked out and they wonder, why do... And I'm so thankful to God this morning that we actually had the encounter with the tongue and interpretation. In the middle of worship, one of the dear sisters in the church gave a message in tongues and then interpreted it, right? Yet before all that and even after that, there were many times where people in this congregation were speaking in an unknown tongue. The Bible gives us two kinds of tongues in the Bible, okay? One is called unknown tongues. One is called divers tongues. Say unknown. unknown. Say divers. Okay, you can't confuse these because if you think these two are the same, you will run around telling everybody that unless you're speaking in an intelligible language, you're out of order. The fact of the matter is there are two kinds of tongues. One is an unknown heavenly tongue. One is a diver's tongue, which can be understood because it is an actual language that is spoken somewhere else in the world. Amen. Are you following me? When, when the book of Acts chapter 2 happened, the Bible says that they all began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And men from different lands heard men from other places speaking their native language. The tongues that were given in Acts chapter 2 were very unique because what actually happened is that the Holy Spirit began to speak through people who had been filled with the Holy Ghost. And the words they were speaking were words that they did not understand with their mind. They were speaking them through their spirit. And what's crazy is that other men from other places heard their language being spoken by people who were not raised in the same land they were raised in. This is how they knew God was among them. And we've seen this happen in our church. Pastor Gary Keelan, who's not here today, is on, a, on an evangelism crusade. He, I'll never forget the night we stood in this altar and, and a dear brother, uh, an Indian brother and sister. Uh, I can't remember their name. Uh, the, the wind something. River winds. Thank you. What is, the nation, what is their Indian uh, brand, nationality? I can't understand it, but it's a big word, right? It's, it's two kinds. Okay, praise God. Don't you love how I have conversations with people on the spot in the middle of a sermon? This is fantastic. And Gary Keelan was born in 10 Mile, Tennessee. If you don't know where 10 Mile is, go to the edge of nowhere, take a left and drive four miles and you'll find 10 Mile, Tennessee. When I say Gary Keelan's hillbilly, you cut his wrist and the blood comes out singing hee-haw. That's how hillbilly Gary Keelan is. I will never forget the night he stood right here and was praying in the spirit and began to pray in the native Choctaw, is it Choctaw, lie, whatever it was, sorry. You'll have to come clean this up later, Lisa. It was an Indian language and, 
And Mr. Riverwind, the Indian, is freaking out because Gary, who doesn't know Indian, is speaking glory to God. Y'all are not catching this. Either you're not catching it or you don't believe it. I believe it. I watched it happen. And there wasn't but 12 of us here, but when he started speaking in Choctaw, the Spirit of the Lord filled this house. And I'm telling you, anybody could have been healed of anything that night. That's how much faith was in the room. Okay, that's a diver's tongue. The Bible says in the book of 1 Corinthians that there is a gift of diver's tongues. It means someone will speak a message in a language they don't understand in their psyche, but the Spirit speaking through them speaks that language so that someone in the room can hear it. And give witness that God is among them. I'll never forget the time on a Sunday morning. It was Good Friday back at the Udawa campus in the gymnasium. In the middle of a good, not Good Friday, in the middle of a Palm Sunday sermon on a Sunday morning. I was preaching, 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 preaching. Got to a place. I started waxing warm and feeling my help. Come on, me, come on, somebody. And when that started happening, I began to speak in tongues. I, re- I recall it being a very different dialect than one I'd ever spoken in before. I just kept right on going, finished my sermon, thought, what in the world was that? The next morning, the office got an email. And a dear Hebrew brother sitting in the congregation flipped out because he said, your pastor speaks such fluent Hebrew. And I told Devin, see, I told you. You don't even know what you got here, lady. Come on. I speak fluent, eloquent Hebrew. The problem is I've never spoken eloquent Hebrew in my life. And when I opened my mouth, the Holy Ghost filled it with words, Jesus. And the Hebrew man who didn't know that I was filled with the Spirit of God heard me saying, Jesus is Lord. The Messiah has come. And it freaked out a man who was looking for the Messiah. Are you listening to me? What are you saying? I'm telling you this God we serve is a good God. And he's a supernatural God. That's called diver's tongues. Okay? But then there's unknown tongues. Okay? This is the kind of tongues that are not meant to be understood by another human being because the communication is not me being a vessel that God is speaking through to communicate to another person. Speaking in unknown tongues is me talking to God, not to people. When I speak in a diverse tongue, are you catching this? Lift your hand, wave at me if you're catching this. I don't want to confuse you, okay? Okay? When you speak in diverse tongues, the Holy Spirit's speaking through you to somebody in another language other than the one you're used to speaking in. But when you speak in unknown tongues... You are not talking to other people for God. You are talking to God for you. It's what happens most of the time when people get baptized in the Holy Spirit. When when people get baptized in the Holy Spirit, most of the time, not all the time, because Acts 2 is a very clear indicator that sometimes people get baptized in the Holy Spirit and begin to immediately speak in the diver's language. But most of the time, say most of the time, most of the time, the baptism of the Holy Ghost results in the speaking of unknown tongues. Why? Because God is trying to fill you and I with the ability to have conversation that is intimate and untappable. 
Have you ever been speaking in tongues and someone look at you like, what language is that? And you just wanted to go, I ain't talking to you. Right? Come on. When you, when you pray in the spirit, when you speak in unknown tongues, your neighbor isn't supposed to understand what you're saying because you're not talking to your neighbor. And you act like English is the only language God speaks. But he, uh, how do you say he speaks in Spanish? Yes. Yeah, see, sí. in Espanol. And he's, hallelujah. And he speaks Latin. And he speaks Chinese. And God speaks Mandarin. And the reason some people don't believe church people ought to speak in tongues is they, they think God only speaks their language. And since he only speaks their language, he would never do something they couldn't understand when you are so limited in how you see your God. You know what the reality of it is? There are precious people who don't speak in tongues because they're scared, and I've been there. There are precious people who don't speak in tongues because they're growing in the knowledge of it. But then there are precious people in the church who just need an attitude adjustment and need to stop acting like God can't do that. God can speak in whatever, if he can make a donkey who speaks hee-haw, speak Hebrew, he can make you speak in a new language. Certainly you're not more, certainly you're not going to say you're more stubborn than a donkey. If he can help a donkey see the way, how many know he can work through us too? Come on somebody. So I gotta hurry, I gotta hurry. Oh yes, I gotta hurry, watch. Stay focused Wallace, watch. There are four principal functions of speaking in tongues. Take out a pen and write this down. Write it on your phone, iPad, write it on your neighbor's forehead. Whatever you do, don't miss this. Okay, four principal, four principal functions of speaking in tongues. Praying in unknown tongues, I should say. Okay, four principal functions of praying in unknown tongues. Number one, there are edifying tongues. Say edifying why should I pray in unknown tongues? First of all, I want you to know this. I say this very, very, I don't say this with any sort of rapport or any sort of aggrandizing uh, uh, intent. I say this like Paul said it in the book of 1 Corinthians. I pray in tongues every day of my life. It's how I survive. It's how I keep the victory. It's how I keep my mind clear. It's how I stay in the spirit, okay? Praying in tongues every day is edifying. Look at Jude chapter, well, it's just on one chapter of Jude. Go to Jude verse 20. Can you put that up on the screen for me, Chad? Somebody in the back, wonderful, wonderful volunteers back there. Jude 20 says, building yourself up in your holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Okay? Now, I want you to understand that Paul always delineates between praying in the Spirit and praying with understanding. The reason he does this is so that when he says pray in the spirit, no one can say, well, that just means praying with passion and fervor. No, praying in the spirit means you're praying in tongues. Okay. Paul said, I will pray in my spirit and I will pray with understanding. There are two different ways to pray and both are permitted and encouraged. When it says I will pray in my understanding, it means I open up my mouth or I speak in my heart words that I understand. So whenever we come into the house of the Lord and we say, Father, today we pray for your grace and mercy to be upon this house. We pray today you would heal the sick and save the lost. When we do that, 
We're praying with our understanding. But there is a different kind of prayer that Paul encourages us to engage in. It is called praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit means praying without the ability to understand the words that are coming out of my mouth. Okay, now watch this. When you pray in tongues, the first thing I want you to see is that it is edifying. Say edifying. It builds you up. One, I totally believe this, which is one reason why I'm teaching this message today at the first of the year. I totally believe one reason there are so many people in the kingdom of God that are addicted to other people holding them up is because they haven't figured, figured out yet how to produce their own good days. You can actually produce your, a good day by yourself. You don't have to have 45 people come and give you a word and lift you. Well, and you know, the problem with this is, the problem with this is everything works well until somebody you depended on lets you down. The problem is this, if they let you down, they should have never been holding you up in the first place. You actually can better your day by praying in tongues in the morning when you wake up. I know this sounds crazy. I'm just telling you what is the truth. Praying in the spirit, it's like a snowplow, which by the way, I received the two to four inches that are on the way this week. I've already bought a sled. Come on, somebody. I got my gloves out. Yes, I declare it's going to snow in the name of the Lord. Okay. Praying in tongues is like a plow that pushes out the mess the enemy intended to clog your day up with. Right? You say, Pastor, when I pray in tongues, is it supposed to be loud or quiet? It's just supposed to be a conversation with God. There are times I walk into a place and I have a very important meeting. It happened this last week. And I don't know what to do in the meeting. Have you ever been in a room you know you don't deserve to be in, but you got to go because you're supposed to be there? And you just walk in with your hands in your pockets. You say, Pastor, is that what you do every day of my life? Why? Because the more I stay in the spirit, the more I unlock what I don't know. I'm going to get to that in a minute. Edifying. How many want your day to be built up? How many want your life to feel stronger? How many want to have day? Listen, I'm not talking about not having bad days. I'm talking about knowing what to do when they come. You've got to learn how to pray in the spirit because when you pray in the spirit, you build your faith up. You actually give yourself a lift. Come on, slap your own self and say, give yourself a lift. It's the spirit of God praying for you through you. Catch that. The Holy Spirit will pray for you through you. Number, number two, I got to hurry, I got to hurry. Chicken people are getting ready to go. Number two, number one, glory, never mind. Edifying, number two, tongues can be glorifying. Acts chapter 10, they began to speak with tongues and glorify God. There's something beautiful about, watch this, don't miss it. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Paul says, I will pray in the spirit. I will pray with understanding. I will sing in the spirit. I will sing with understanding. What happened today when Pastor Tobin and Pastor Jojo, which by the way, don't you love Pastor Tobin and Tojo and the entire, the entire worship department? I mean, we have the most amazing singers. And Devin Prather with that hat. I mean, it was Jesus. We have the most amazing singers and musicians, and for that I give God glory. And so what happened this morning is all the words were up on the screen, and we're singing songs that we understand. But then how many know we made a move in, there in one moment of worship, and we started hearing people sing in tongues? Amen. 
what was happening? We were glorifying Jesus in the unknown tongue. It was a heavenly language. Some of you were like, I don't understand. What are they saying? It ain't about you. If God wanted you to understand it, he would have did what he did with our sweet lady who gave a tongue and interpretation. But some of the worship we give Jesus is just so deep and personal. It cannot be intimated with English. It has to go beyond and go deeper and go further. And so it comes out in beautiful worship tongues. Number three. So number one is edifying tongues. Number two is glorifying tongues. Number three, clarifying tongues. Man, I got to hurry. Romans chapter eight. Go there real quick. Romans chapter eight. Romans chapter 8. I want you to look at this. Chad, can you please put verse number 20, I believe 26 up on the screen. Romans 8, 26. I got to teach this real quick and we got to go. Okay. Romans 8, 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Why would you not want the Holy Ghost when the Bible just told you he's the one that helps you in your weakness? Everybody's like, I don't know if I want to go. I don't know if I want to do that. I don't know if I need the Holy Spirit. Read the Bible. He didn't come to torment you or terrorize you. He came to help you. It's so funny to me. There are people that come here once a month because they can't handle all this Holy Ghost stuff. I, like, I'm going to go down there and get my one little fix for the month. The reason your month is so screwed up is because you didn't get enough. Come on back next Sunday and get some more. Well, do you need the Holy Ghost to heaven to go to heaven? I need the Holy Ghost to go to the Piggly Wiggly. The Spirit of God is not a tormentor. He's a blesser. The Spirit of God is my helper. He didn't come to freak me out. He came to bring me over and to take me in. We got to fix this in the church. How in the world did the, did the Spirit of God get such a bad rap? He's not spooky or crazy. He is God in spirit. And I'm telling you, oh my God, when you touch him and he touches you, you will never be the same again. He'll do for you what a phone booth did for Clark My God, I feel like preaching in here. Tolerate the Holy Ghost. I need the Holy Spirit. I want Him in my life. When I cry myself to sleep, it is the Holy Ghost that lifts my head and gives me joy. I need more of God in my life. Oh, I feel Him on me right now. Hallelujah. One reason we don't want him in church is because he'll mess up our plans and our programs and our little strategies. And I'm telling you, baby, I threw that out the door a long time ago. I found out when you walk with the Holy Spirit and you do what he tells you to do, he'll open up a door no man can shut. He'll bless you coming in and he'll bless you going out. He'll bless you in the city. He'll bless you in the field. He'll bless your children. He'll bless your marriage. He'll bless your business. He'll bless your life. Somebody that knows what I'm talking about, give God praise. Jesus. There. Okay. Woo! Somebody just take a 10 second prayer meeting here. Wave up your hands and say, I need you, Holy Ghost. I need you, Spirit of the living God. I don't just want you, I need you. I gotta have you in my life. I refuse to preach, I refuse to sing, I refuse to be a church that cannot let the Spirit of God show up and do whatever He wants to do. I'm so sick and tired of thinking we're God. We're not God. He 
worship the Lord with me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me get to the Lord Jesus. Romans 8. Hallelujah. It is the spirit that helps us in our weaknesses. Watch this. Take notes and get this. For we do not know what we should pray for. How many have ever been right there? Lift your hand if you've ever not known what to pray for. How many are dating in here? Daters, single people, all the single ladies, all the single brothers. Lift your hand. You need this if nobody else does. There are times you don't know what to pray for. There are times when your flesh wants somebody that your spirit says, uh-uh, Jack. Nope. The most spiritual thing some of you can do this morning is put on your Reeboks and run. Get away from it. That warning flag you got and that caution light you're feeling and that check on the inside is not pizza. It's God trying to tell you, don't you make the biggest mistake of your life. There are times you don't know what to pray for. There are times I had to pray in the spirit over, Lord, is this thing with Devin your will? Why? Because my flesh wanted her. I'm not being weird. I'm telling you. I thought she was hot. Y'all don't have to say amen. I know that felt weird, but I'm just telling you what I was living with. I mean, I thought she was fine. And my flesh wanted that. But my spirit. See, you got to be willing to let the Holy Ghost get involved in your decision making so that down the road... What you were initially attracted to. Oh, y'all not seeing this thing with me. Sometimes you got to know that God's got something in store for you. And you might miss it if you're being led by your flesh. But if you follow the spirit, he's not just helping you make a good decision now. He's got something good for you down the road. So there are times I don't know how to pray. So when I don't know how to pray, the spirit helps me how? By himself making intercession for us through us. What I'm doing when I pray in the spirit is for me, but it's happening through me. And how do I pray for me? How does the spirit pray for me through me? With groanings and utterings. That cannot be uttered. It's, it's, have you ever heard someone wailing? Have you ever been so full of something and you didn't know what to do? You just had to, oh. Amen. Oh, I'm telling you right now, them old saints I was raised with, they, 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 ooh. And when they started doing that, it didn't take 45 minutes to get a prayer will turning either, baby. All it took about three moans, oh. And something filled the room. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? So you, you have the Spirit of God. There are moments, watch this, don't miss it. You have moments when you come into a situation you don't know how to pray for, okay? There are times when you're not looking for some answer. There are times you just want to be intimate with God and you just pray in the Spirit out of intimacy. There are other times when you pray out of the Spirit because you need an understanding that you can't get in your flesh. Yes, it kept him, that's exactly right. It kept us alive. Watch this, when you pray 
in the spirit and the spirit prays through you. You don't know how to pray or what to pray, but the spirit praying through you knows what to go take care of. Now watch this. Now watch this, because I want to show you something that we always quote out of context. All right, watch this. So we don't know what to pray, so we pray in the spirit. Now watch this. Look at the next verse, verse 27. Verse 27. Two, seven, two, seven. Please. That's up there. Okay, great. Praise the Lord. Uh, now he who searches the hearts, he, he, somebody say he. he. He who searches the hearts. Who is that? That is God's spirit. Knows what the mind of the spirit is. Because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. When you pray in tongues, when you pray in the spirit, God says, I don't want you to worry that you're praying for the wrong thing because when you pray in the spirit, you are praying according to the perfect mind of God. And when you pray in the spirit, the perfect will of God is being prayed and decreed and declared over your life. How many are going to pray in tongues more now? Why? Because you take the guesswork out of it when you let the... See, because you and I praying in our understanding, that's in order. But we can only see what's up the road. The Holy Spirit sees what's around the corner. And when you pray in the Spirit, you begin to tap into the omniscience of God. I'm not talking about mind tapping. I'm talking about you begin to pray in the Spirit. And the Spirit of God is the one who knows the end from the beginning. He already knows the future. Is this helping anybody today? So when you pray in tongues, the Spirit of God is praying for you, through you. And watch this. Uh, go to the... No, 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 that's it. Now we know he who searches the hearts knows. He knows. Go back to verse 26. I want to show you this. Verse 26. For we do not know. See that? Everybody see that? We do not know. Next verse, 27. Next verse, 27. He knows... Now go to the next verse. And now we know. Y'all didn't see that. I don't know, but I pray in the one that does know. And when I get through praying through the one that does know, I walk out of my prayer closet saying, now I know. Number two is glorifying. Number three is clarifying. And the fourth one, and I'm done, declassifying tongues. 
I'm getting ready to break it down. Have you ever heard about something that was declassified? It was top. It was top. Uh-huh. Until they decided that what the information in the top secret file could now be accessed and made available. And I just came to tell somebody today, God is looking for somebody on planet Earth that'll love him and get close enough to him. Not just be mesmerized by the miracle. Not just be caught up in the crowd. But can God find somebody who will walk into the secret place of the most high. And when you get there, Stay long enough for the Lord to declassify some secrets and some mysteries. The world is roaming to and fro. Creation is groaning for a manifestation of the sons of God. And God is looking for a people who will say, I want you more than I want anything else. I need you. Holy Spirit, speak through me. And he will declassify. He will declassify. There is a reason nations of the earth are in bondage. It's not because Jesus isn't Lord. Because he's Lord. Nations are in bondage because they're waiting on a manifestation of the sons and daughters of God. And in order for us to shake, do you know that nations can be turned in a day, Keith? The Bible said it. Nations can be turned in one day. How? Somebody has got to access God's heart, find the secret, open up their mouth, and declare the word of the Lord, and nations can turn to God. I'm telling you, I'm feeling this right now in my spirit as I'm talking. I believe this nation is not in need of a political upheaval. Don't make me walk around here. I believe this thing is it's more, it's more than a social revolution. I believe there is a spiritual dearth in our land. And it's not because we don't have access to the sermons. There is more technology providing more access and accessibility to sermons than ever before. I don't just need a sermon. I need a word from the Lord. I need God to help me crack that thing. I need the spirit of the Lord. There is a spirit over Washington, D.C. that is not going to back up because we've got a ministerial file number, a ministerial badge, and a bottle of oil in the front of this church. There is a spirit that is only going to move when somebody redeemed by the blood of the Lamb steps to the forefront under the anointing of the Holy Ghost and said, I've been with God and I heard his heart. through preaching. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Jesus. 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 Holy Ghost, speak to us today. Come on, pray for the interpretation. Spirit of God, speak to this husband.
Somebody worship the Lord in here. Oh, God. I need somebody to give God praise. Somebody worship the Lord Jesus. Stand with me all over this house. Somebody worship Jesus. The Holy Ghost is moving in this house right now. Listen, let me teach this. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, Woo. He said, when you pray in unknown tongues, you're unlocking, you're speaking and declaring the secrets of God. Things that this earth and the flesh that is in us could never know. When you begin to pray in the spirit, you begin to unlock it. Have you ever needed God to give you direction and you couldn't find it up here? But you begin to pray in the spirit and all of a sudden, a few minutes later, or maybe an hour or two later, a thought just came to you. Somebody said, where did that thought came from? It came from when you unlocked it an hour earlier. It just took God a minute to get it to you. I'm telling you, some of us have been operating in the flesh, and we know how, and we know when, and we know what, but God is saying, there are some things in this earth today that the flesh cannot solve. It's going to take revelation from the Holy Ghost. And in order to tap into revelation, you got to go beyond, go beyond man's wisdom, and you got to tap into the heart of the Father. I just want to take a few minutes before we leave, lift our hands and begin to pray in the Spirit all over this place. Some of you are going to be baptized in the Holy Ghost right now. I believe with all my heart God said he's going to baptize people in the Holy Spirit. You're going to begin to speak in unknown tongues. You don't even know how. You don't even know what you're saying, but you're getting a revelation today that it's not about your mind knowing what. It's about your spirit touching the heart of God. God is spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Come on, turn your volume up, Zion. Turn your volume up. Come on, somebody, hold on to God while you pray. Draw near to the Lord. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Somebody's soul is catching fire right now. Somebody's burning out the dross, burning off the complacency, burning off the apathy. Your fire is coming back to life. Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit in the mighty name of Jesus. Fresh fire, fresh fire. Come on, worshipers. Come on, worshipers. The fire of God. Come on, Zion. Oh, pray in the spirit. 
breakthrough. You are the Lord of the breakthrough. anointing. Come follow him right now. Just line them right up across the front. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. I want you to start praying in the Holy Ghost for him right now. Come on. God's going to give him a blessing. God's going to give him a blessing. God anoint his team. Anoint his team today. I hear the Holy Spirit saying to me, I'm going to roar in Rome. There's a roar coming out of Rome, Georgia. The king of glory is going to roar in Rome, Georgia. Lift your hands, church. I'm just going to walk right past and bless every one of you. But I'm going to start with your pastor. Oh, Jesus, a fresh anointing. I feel the anointing. I feel the anointing. What's your name? Keith, lift your hands up as high as you can. You take care of the anointing, and you take care of him when he's under the anointing, and God will take care of you. Oh, Jesus. Mama, God, Fresh, fresh oil. Fresh oil. Bless her. Bless her with a fresh anointing. Bless this team with a fresh anointing. Now, Holy Spirit, I a fresh anointing, a breakthrough anointing on this house. Lord, I thank you that in Rome, chains of racism are falling. Chains of racism are falling. Chains of religion are falling. Break it. The spirit of the breaker on their lives. The spirit of a breaker. Fresh oil. Lord of the breakthrough. Lord of the breakthrough. You 
the Lord of the breakthrough. Fresh, fresh oil, fresh oil, fresh oil. The flexibility to become a new wine skin. Ah, kisto itima, misapetiatelemo. Pray in the spirit, church. Something's happening in Rome. Fresh oil. A fresh anointing. Chains breaking. Chains breaking. Use them. Lord, work through them. Let a grace. Let a grace. Let a grace be manifested here. Jesus. We worship. Pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. Pray in the spirit. Satana Lamakusatana Lamakusatana Sir, I don't know you, but you've been praying for God to show his salvation. And you wondered if you'd see it there. Now God's going to let you see it. And you're not just going to get to see it. You're going to get to be a part of it. Jesus, fire God. Holy Jesus. Holy Jesus. Fresh anointing. Fresh anointing. Fresh anointing. Fresh I bless this team right now. I bless this team right now in the name of the Lord to have vision, to have spiritual vision, to have the ability to see what you're up to, God. Give them the spirit, Lord, of Caleb and Joshua. Rakoshita. Pray in the spirit, pray in the spirit. Yes, sir, you're unlocking something, sir. You ready for this? Fire. The fire of God. The fire of God. The fire of God is coming on you now. Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, fresh fire. Jesus, precious God. The anointing in you is greater than the resistance in the city. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I bless this team. I bless this team. For you have seen this is the work of my hand. And you have said, it is marvelous in our sight. And God said, you have just begun. For in the days coming, saith the Lord, your eyes will see great miracles. And the Spirit of God says, he's taking you. I see the Lord pulling you. First you were on the shore. Then you were in a shallow end. And now God says, you're swimming in waters that are over your head. Free, 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 free. Jesus. family come on before we go we worship you Jesus we worship you Jesus 
I pray over them now, God. I pray over Chase, Pastor Chase and Sarah. Lack would never be their problem. I pray over them, God, that you will make them wise to win souls. Give them strategies to disciple the harvest. Give them the ability to raise up, train, and release ministers of the gospel in their local church and around the world. May they measure their church not by how many they keep, but by how many they send. In the name of the precious Son of God. Now God, like a sword, cut through the warfare, cut through the hindrances, open the doors, God, in the name of Jesus. Let's all give him a praise all over this house. We give you thanks, Lord. Stay and hover and linger just a long, longer if you want. If the Lord touched your heart to give something to this man and woman of God in this church plant, I just want you to obey God. Give whatever God told you to give. And if you don't know what he told you to give, give something generous so that they can have the equipment they need to do what God's called them to do. We're going to bless them. This house is going to bless them. But I believe God's going to work through our people to release good seed into good soil. And we're going to see God do something powerful in Rome, Georgia. How many believe that? Lift your hands up in a receiving position, family. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord may the Lord make his face to shine upon you. Lord be gracious unto you and may the Lord God give you his peace in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Ghost everybody said amen God bless you I love you listen if we have to cancel church Wednesday night due to snow make sure you look at your emails and check out social media we don't have a phone tree but we'll get the, the word out every way we know how. I love you. Go in the peace of God today.